Hello and welcome to Fibber McGee and Molly from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Nobody worries more about public affairs or carries more keys on his chain or waits more impatiently for the morning mail than a guy who hasn't much of anything to do. And here, bustling importantly into the house with a huge stack of letters, we find the Squire of 79 Wistful Vista as we meet Fibber McGee and Molly. Molly, look at the mail. Must be a dozen letters here. Twenty, maybe. And several special deliveries. Special deliveries? Yeah. Well, the butcher and the grocer must be getting impatient, huh? These aren't bills. Let's see now. Oh, here's one from our new roomer, Alice Darling. It's for her. From Fort MacArthur. Oh. Boy, he's got it bad. He's even put a comma between Alice and Darling. (laughs) Look at it. Oh, my goodness. This is a stack of mail, isn't it? Oh, here's another one for Alice, darling. Hmm. And another. Hmm. And all these special deliveries are for her. Fine thing. That's what you get for being big-hearted and renting a room to somebody. They got to hog all the mail. <laughs> What's she doing, running a Lonely Hearts Club? Oh, listen, don't be silly, dearie. She's a very attractive girl and must have a lot of friends. Ah, uh, she's just a flapper getting a lot of mushy letters from a gang of cake eaters. McGee, your slang is strictly 1919. You mean she's a slick chick getting a neat note from a large Sarge. <laughs> yeah, but what I always... Ah, oh, for the love... If I've answered that phone for that sleeping beauty once this morning, I've answered it 14 times. Well, it's nice to have a little activity in the place. Uh-huh. Personally, I welcome a little troubled water on the old oil. <laughs> Answer the phone, McGee. Okay. McGee's residence. Huh? Who? Miss Darling... I'm sorry, bud. She can't come to the phone. She's gone bye-bye with winking, blinking, and nod. <laughs> huh? Okay, Georgie. She has to tell them three bumps to lay off if they don't want to poke in the nose. <laughs> well, I'll add Georgie to the list. She'll be very... Oh, here's a letter for you, McGee. Oh, not really. You sure it isn't for Alice Darling in care of McGee? No. <laughs> this is really for you. Oh. Who's it from? Yeah, let's see. Well, I'll be a... Uh... It's from good old Fred Nittany, Star Rock, Illinois. Oh, really? Yeah. Probably wants me to go back into vaudeville with him. Say, what kind of an act did you have, she asked with a shudder. <laughs> oh, songs and witty sayings. Yeah? Played the Butterfield circuit. Well. Wore straw hats and carried canes and done harmony in wisecracks. <laughs> you know, like, did you take a bath? No, is there one missing? And all stuff like that. <laughs> What were you carrying the canes for? Self-defense? No, we murdered them. I'll never forget one time never we Never mind, dearie. Read the letter. Huh? Oh. Oh, yeah. It says, Dear Fibber, I take my pen in hand. What's this one? Oh, something. Hmm. Well, go on. I can't. There's a big blank space here where Fred went out to sharpen his pencil. <laughs> Ah, here he is, back again. Good old <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm taking some of Hey, you know what? Fred's kid is in Whistle Vista. Who? Fred's kid. Anita Nittany. Oh. Mm-hmm. Says she's going to join the wax and wants to use my name as a referendum. Oh. 
By George, any daughter of old Fred Nittany has got my approval. I couldn't do too much for old Fred. By George, if I don't wangle a commission in the wax for old Fred's kid... McGee, you can't do that. Why can't I? I guess I know a few people in this town. I guess I can pull a few strings on behalf of doing something for an old pal like old Fred Nittany. Yeah, but the wax don't do business that way. The girl will have to enlist and earn her promotion. Oh, yeah? <laughs> I guess you never watched me do any political maneuvering, Mrs. McGee. I got more angles than a folding ruler. Down at the city hall, they call me the sexton on account of I know where all the bodies are buried. <laughs> Nevertheless, it won't do you any good in getting anybody a commission. Oh, no? Well, Jimmy Doolittle is a friend of mine, ain't he? Yes. And he's now a general, ain't he? So draw your own conclusions. Come on, let's go downtown. I'll contact a few of my connections and get things Hello, all set. Hello, Mrs. McGee. Hello, Mr. McGee. Oh, hi, Alice. Good morning, Alice, dear. Heavenly days, child. You ought to be in bed. You didn't get home from work till 8.30 this morning. I know, Mrs. McGee. I'm going back to bed in a few minutes. Uh, were there any phone calls for me? Any phone calls? Why, you got calls from Georgie, Al, Frankie, Moki, Slim, Cecil, Pete, Herb, and a guy with a list that when I picked up the receiver, he says, get who this is. <laughs> oh, well, that would be Andy. He doesn't really list. No, he doesn't? No. No, he works on the same shift I do and burned his tongue trying to see if his soldering iron was hot. <laughs> and it was. I'm sort of engaged to Andy, though not really engaged, because I don't think a girl is committed to anything just because she wears a man's AF of L pin on her sweater. <laughs> Am I? Uh, does it? I mean, is she? Why, certainly not. A girl isn't really committed to anything until she loans the man enough to make the final payment on the engagement ring. <laughs> Incidentally, sis, there's a flock of mail for you. Most of it's from the Army and Navy. A couple from the Marine Corps. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't you got any chums in the cavalry? Huh? I used to have, but I broke off with him on account of he was always writing me that he got thrown off his horse again. And <laughs> I always say that if a man's own horse doesn't like him, I don't think he's the kind of a fellow a girl should be engaged to him. Don't you? That's very shrewd of you, dearie. If a man can't stick to one horse, he'd never be true to one woman. Now, listen, you go back to bed. And when you get up, there'll be coffee on the stove, and you'll find bacon and eggs in the refrigerator. Oh, you're so sweet, Mrs. McGee. I'm afraid I'm an awful lot of trouble. Oh, I'll say McGee. <laughs> when you come down again, sis, don't forget to call Georgie, Al, Frankie, Moki, Slim, Cecil, Pete, Herb, and Andy. You mean I didn't get a call from Bert? No. That was all, Alice. Who's Bert? Oh, he's my really boyfriend. Oh. He's tall, dark, and time and a half. <laughs> Thank you for everything, and don't worry about disturbing me. Don't worry about disturbing her. Don't worry about disturbing her, she says. Ain't that a pit? That kid's got more brass than all the hats in the Pentagon building. Well, come on, Molly. i got to get downtown and see about getting Fred and Nittany's kid a commission. I warn you, McGee, getting a commission in the wax won't be so... Uh, hello, she's asleep. Goodbye. Come on, let's get up. Billy Mills and the orchestra play the hit tune from Oklahoma. People... Where are we going, McGee? 
Where is the recruiting office for the wax? Same place as the regular army, next door at the post office. <laughs> Boy, won't Fred and his kid be surprised when I look her up and hand her a colonel's commission? <laughs> <laughs> I'll probably have to catch her when she faints. Well, bring a friend with you, McGee. Somebody will have to catch me, too. Hmm. Still skeptic, huh? Who do you think pulled the strings with President Wilson to make Pershing commander-in-chief in the last war? You? <laughs> don't you wish you knew? <laughs> yes, don't you? Well, there's no use having political influence if you can't use it for your friends. Say, I wish you'd stop bragging about your political pull, McGee, hmm? or use it to get our garbage hauled away more than once every three weeks. <laughs> well, I already took care of that. That sanitary commissioner lost his job last week. Didn't you hear? That's what happens when they trifle with McGee. You mean the sanitary commissioner was fired? Well, practically. He was kicked upstairs, as we say in politics. He's city treasurer now. <laughs> well, I hope you never get sore at the mayor. He'd make a very poor governor. Oh, McGee, look who's coming down the street. Uncle Dennis. Uh-oh. He said he was going out this morning to look for a job. But anybody who hires that mug would have to be pretty desperate. Uncle Dennis could work 24 hours a day and still be an absentee. Now, just the same poor old Uncle Dennis. Ah, hello there, Uncle Dennis. Hi, Uncle. Oh, hello there. Have you heard the news? Have the Yanks taken Rome? No, just St. Louis. (laughs) Had a little bet on St. Louis, too. Thought I might pick up a couple of bucks. But, uh... Guess it wasn't in the cards, you might say. <laughs> I thought you were going out to look for a job. Or didn't you have any invisible ink to write your character references with? Now, McGee. You wouldn't dare say that to me if I wasn't wearing glasses. You're not wearing glasses. All the more shame to you, picking on a man that can't see his face and front of his hands. Say, did you have any luck getting a job, Uncle Dennis? Not a bit, McCoosler, not a bit. Here I am tramping the streets from morning till night... Just an honest man trying to pick up a couple of bucks, and what happened? Nothing. Why, one place they wouldn't even open the door and talk to me. I hammered on the door for two hours. Ah, what place was that, you poor darling? It was the the fly swatter factory across the river. (laughs) They've been out of business for two years, and you knew it. If they'd open the door and listen to me, they'd be back in business. (laughs) What a great idea for them. Two fly swatters for the price of one. Use one in each hand. The fly can't watch both of them at once. Boom! You got them. <laughs> you see, McGee, with ideas like that, Uncle Dennis would be a success anywhere. Where else did you try, Uncle? Tried the airplane plant, too. The airplane plant? The well, airplane plant. They've been advertising plant. for help ever since Pearl Harbor. Didn't they have anything for you? Well, of course they did. And do you know what they wanted to pay? Sixty dollars a week and overtime. Well, what was the matter with that? It's too much. I'm not with them. <laughs> I told them that. They said I was too. I said I was not. They said I was too. I said I was not. And the battle was on. He led with his right. Yes, yes. That's all. He connected. <laughs> and I'll not work for a man that uses his fists on his employees. The trouble with you is you're just lazy. Step outside and say that. We are outside. Oh, so we are. <laughs> well, I'm not the one to be making a scene in a public place. Well, I guess I'll be running along now. There's still time for a well-meaning man to pick up a couple of bucks. So I'll give you a quick means tramp from the streets for more. Poor Uncle Dennis. You know, he tries so hard. Yeah, he succeeds, too. The job hasn't caught up with him yet. 
Hey, we better get going. I don't know what time the recruiting office closes. McGee, I wish you'd reconsider this thing. In the first place, you don't even know Anita Nittany. I don't have to know her. Any daughter of good old Fred is bound to be a fine woman. Just the type to be a wonderful whack officer. <laughs> ah, I can hardly wait to see the kid's face when I pin those oak leaves on her shoulder and say, Well, Colonel Nittany... Colonels have eagles on their shoulders. Well, I can scare them away long enough to pin the oak leaves. <laughs> Besides, if she's the kind Hello, of... folks. Where are you going? Oh, hello, Mr. Wilcox. Well, McGee's on his way to the wax recruiting office. To the wax recruiting office? You'll never get away with it, pal. They'll spot you for a man right away. I'm not going on my own account, Egernitz. I'm merely using my influence to get a friend of mine's daughter a commission. Yeah, he claims it's all a matter of influence, Mr. Wilcox. Just because he knows a couple of aldermen. Well, I know more than just a couple of aldermen. I got wires right into the White House. Yeah, he really has, Mr. Wilcox. Two shares of AT&T. <laughs> Look, pal, before you make a complete chump of yourself, don't start monkeying around with the Army. The wax are part of the Army, you know. And they're slightly allergic to hotshot civilians messing up the detail. I know what I'm doing, Junior. I'm an old Army man myself. Yeah. <laughs> Remind me to show you a picture of him in his 1918 uniform, Mr. Wilcox. It fits him like a glove. I bet you. <laughs> a first baseman's glove. <laughs> Well, that's neither here nor there. And that's where it fits, too. <laughs> Look, Febber. Yeah? I have a cousin who's a lieutenant in the wax, and I happen to know you can't pull any wires or use any influence to get commissions. Promotions are strictly a matter of merit. <laughs> Don't be so under-sophisticated, Wilcox. A drag is a drag, in or out of the army. Okay, okay, pal, okay. Go ahead and stick your neck out. But I know my wax. Well, go ahead, Mr. Wilcox. Get to it. Get to what? Get to what? Get to what? Get to what? What do you usually get to? Well, I don't know what you mean, Fibber. All I'm trying to say is that a woman who joins the wax isn't subject to outside political pull. She's in the army, and it's strictly up to her and the army how far she rises in the ranks. And the smart woman can go far, just as a smart woman in civilian life finds out the best way to run a home. Yeah, go on. Huh? Go on, go on, get it over with. <laughs> get what over with? That rabbit Wilcox, quit stalling. We know you want to talk about what you want to talk about. <laughs> Look, pal, I was trying to be a right guy, do you see? I was trying to show you I don't have to throw in a pitch for the product every time I open my mouth. Well, we just thought that... So we... what happens? You won't let me be just a friend. No. You've got to force me to talk business. Well, gee whiz, kid. All right, all right. So you asked for it. So Johnson's Wax does save hours of housekeeping by sealing surfaces against dust and dirt and dampness. All right, all right, all right. We so do... it's the finest product of its kind that money can buy. And most housewives know it, and I know it, and you know it. And doggone it, what if I am proud of it? Here we were talking on an entirely extraneous subject, and what happens? You gotta rip me into talking business. I think that's the pettiest thing. Goodness, McGee, maybe he didn't intend to talk about it. Don't worry, Racine don't send him that dough every week for reticence, and he knows it. <laughs> He's just a smart... Oh, hi, Doc. Hello, McGee. Hello, Mrs. McGee. Hello, Dr. Gamble. Now, we can't stop and bat the fat with you now, Doc. We've got to get down to the Army recruiting office. It's in the next block here. The Army recruiting office? Yep. If they're letting the bars down that far, I'll tell my grandfather. He's been, he's been itching to get back in the Army ever since Bull Run. 
But he's in better shape than you. Well, it isn't on McGee's own account, Doctor. He's going to make some inquiries about the wax. Yeah, going to get a commission. Well, I'll bet Ovita Culpabi will be very, very unhappy about this. I knew the army girdled the globe, but you've got a globe there that a G.I. girdle wouldn't come anywhere near. (laughs) I'm not joining the wax. I'm doing this for a friend of mine's daughter. I'm going to wangle her a captaincy or a colonelcy or a majorcy. See? Yes. I've been trying to tell him he can't do it, Doctor. Am I right? Certainly you're right. Now, look, my boy, nobody needs any drag to get into the wax. All she has to do is fill out an application. If she's qualified, she'll get in. Sure, she'll get in as a doe private, but that ain't what as I'm... As a ta- what, McGee? A doe private. That's a female buck private. <laughs> a different thing. This is a friend of mine's daughter, Doc. I owe it to him to get the kid a commission. Oh, don't talk copyright, McGee. Huh? It'll take more than a two-bit city hall hanger-on like you to get her a commission. The Army isn't taking superfluous advice from civilian fatheads. Who's a civilian fathead? Any civilian's a fathead who thinks he can kid the Army into commissioning a raw recruit. Don't you call Fred Nittany's daughter a raw recruit, by George. Oh, stop it, McGee. You're way out on a limb with this thing, and you know it. I don't know it, and I've took about all the kidding I'm going to took. One more smart crack out of you, Doc, and I'll forget you're 20 years older than I am, and I'll slap you so hard on the chops you couldn't get two red points for them. You don't say. You don't say. You make one pass at me, Moose Jaw, and you'll spend the next three months knitting an afghan in the fracture ward. Oh, we have an afghan, Doctor. Let him make a sweater. If there's going to be any knitting in the fracture ward, you pill-peddling palooka, it'll be between you and your bones. Just because you chiseled some small-time aspirin academy out of a medical degree, don't come to high and high me. Take your mail order, make, take your mail order stethoscope and go listen to a horse. I am listening to a horse, you of <laughs> All the dumb animals I ever heard talk, you make less sense than a goose with a goiter. <laughs> Put up your duke. Okay, I will, and if you'll just tell us where to ship the body, I'll... Hey, what time is it? Quarter to five, dearie. What time's the recruiting office closed? Five o'clock. Oh, thanks. My gosh, I didn't know it was so late. Well, come on, Molly. Well, see you later, Doc, old man. I'm going to recruiting office myself, McGee. I'm the medical examiner for the wax. Are you really, Doctor? Well, come along then, Doc. Watch me get a commission for this friend of mine's daughter. Yes, this I shall have to see. are, McGee, and ten minutes to spare. Not that it'll take that long to find out you can't wangle a commission, as you call it. Uh, we'll see, smart guy. Come on, McGee. Time's a waste now. Hello, Sergeant. Good evening, Doctor. Could I do something for you? Yes, you can tell these people something about the wax, if you will. Certainly. Won't you sit down, please? <sighs> I'm making inquiries for a friend of mine's daughter, sis. Call a Sergeant, my boy. Yes, uh, tell him something about the wax, Miss Sergeant. I have an idea he doesn't realize some of the facts of your life. In fact, Sergeant, he is laboring under the delusion that all you have to do to get a commission in the wax is to know the right people. That's true, in a way, uh-huh. but... Ah, what did I tell you? See? The right people are the ones you meet in your five weeks of basic training. And then you may apply for officer candidate school, where you learn the right things to be an officer. Oh, doesn't influence count for anything? Oh, indeed it does. Aha, uh-huh. you see, Doc, what I... In I'm... the wax, you come under the influence of the best instructors the Army can supply. <laughs> Furthermore, in a very short time, a whack is in finer health than she's ever experienced in civilian life. Her posture's better, and she has a new poise and assurance. 
that will last her the rest of her life. Then you don't think it's possible for somebody to get somebody a commission right off, huh? Definitely not, madam. Oh, no. <laughs> I guess you're kind of naive, sis. <laughs> pull is pull wherever it is. I got an idea if I could get to some of your top people, I could do some finagling. Trying to lobby with Hobby, if you get what I mean. <laughs> if you are referring to Colonel Hobby, no, no, sir... Don't get upset, Sergeant. My friend here is one of those citizens who had a traffic ticket fixed once and got the idea that everybody can be bought. Tell him some more about the wax. Yes, do. It's very interesting. You know, I'd like to join myself, but I'm afraid of guns. <laughs> I guess I'm just naturally not a pistol-packing mama. <laughs> the wax are not a combat unit, madam. But for every woman who joins the WAX, a man is free to move up to the front line. Yeah, but about this... We need hundreds of thousands of women to join us, so our army will be that much stronger. There are now 155 jobs a woman can do just as well or better than men. And the sooner those jobs are filled, the sooner we'll have the strength to end the war. Yeah, but about getting the commission, sir. WAX I'm... receive regular army pay and all the extra benefits that regular army men do. Yeah, but about... A private receives $50 a month, free and clear of all her expenses which is a great deal more than most of them ever had left at the end of the month in civil life. Well, for instance, if this friend's of mine's daughter only got to be a captain right off the bat... How many times do you have to be told your friend will have to earn a commission? Pipe down, doctor. Now, look, sis, here's what I want you to do, see? Get in touch with a few of the gals at the top, see? Tell them if they can swing a commission for this friend's of mine's daughter. I'm in a position to get a few favors at the city hall, see? Swear to you all around. Just a moment, sir. Hmm? You don't seem to realize that proposing is tantamount to bribery. Tantamount had nothing to do with it. I did tell a few guys from RKO, but they don't know. I must inform you <laughs> that an attempt to use undue influence on an officer of the United States Army is a federal offense. And in wartime approaches a crime of treason. This is what I came to see. <laughs> Carry on, Sergeant. Now, wait a minute, sis. You don't seem to realize who you're talking to. I'm Fibber McGee, and I'm one of the biggest... Who did you say? Fibber McGee. He's one of the biggest. <laughs> Why, I've often heard my father speak of you, Mr. McGee. Oh, you have, huh? Local guy, your old man? No, Starved Rock, Illinois, Mr. Fred Nitney. Fred huh? Nitney? Heavenly days, are you Anita Nitney? Yes, madam. Well, I'll be a monkey's uncle. Your genealogy is beside the point, Mr. McGee. <laughs> and I owe you an apology. You owe him an apology? Yes. My father gave me a letter to mail to him six months ago, and I just found it yesterday in the bottom of my suitcase. I hope you got it. <laughs> now, I'm very sorry, Mr. McGee, but if you'll excuse me, it's time to close the office. That's quite all right, dearie. I'm sure... And we want you to come up to the house some night, sis, and we'll give your old man a good kicking around. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> ah, good old Fred. Why to think that... Good we're night, just... Mr. McGee. Good night, Doctor. Oh, my gosh, she pretty near almost threw us out. Fred Nittany's kid throwing me out of her office. Why, that'd break Fred's heart if he knew it. You were just lucky she didn't throw you into Leavenworth, my boy. Aren't you a little ashamed of trying to be a big shot, McGee? Huh. On the contrary, you ought to congratulate me. Congratulate you for what? In all my Army experience, this is the first time I ever argued with a sergeant and didn't wind up peeling potatoes. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, or I should say just ladies, if you're between 20 and 50, in good health, are an American citizen, and think you can pass a mental alertness test equivalent to two years of high school, the WAX need you. You can get all the information you want at any Army recruiting station. So if you want to do a great job for Uncle Sam now, and make a fine one for yourself after the war, 
Fill out an application tomorrow. That's right. The Army needs your skill. Remember, a whack with an act can really back the attack. Good night. Good night, all. 